for news and views on robotics. Welcome to the 179th episode of the Robots Podcast. I am Jana and today we focus on robotics in Europe. From Norway to Spain, from the United Kingdom to Romania, robotics in Europe is flourishing, with the region holding a third of current world markets, being known as a centre for innovation and excellence, and leading the debate on the ethical and societal challenges technological advances may bring. At the European Robotics Forum, our interviewer Sabine met Cecile Hewitt from the European Commission and Uwe Haas, previous Secretary-General of EU Robotics. They talked to her about the European robotics landscape, funding opportunities and focus areas. Hi Cecile, welcome to Robots. Good morning, Sabine. So you're here for the European Commission. Tell us a little bit more about what the European Commission's interest in robotics is. What's your perspective? Okay, so uh, we are a funding agency. So we and uh, in our program, uh, we fund uh, technologies and we fund uh, everything coming from science to uh, technology development and then to uh, exploitation. So we try really to uh, uh, follow the whole value chain. Uh, and the overall goal is to uh, improve competitiveness of Europe and, uh, and grow eventually to create growth and jobs. You had a very busy day yesterday at the European Robotics Forum. Can you tell us a little bit what the parts of that day were? Okay, so uh, in that day what we try to do is to follow a bit the history of the uh, of the project so we just got a new project selected for uh, uh, for funding uh, so they're about to start so it was a good opportunity to bring them all together so that they could explain to the rest of the community uh, what their challenge will be in terms of technology, but also what the expected impact of uh, their project. And uh, this is the right time so that they could also uh, develop plans to cooperate between the project, build synergy to get to reach more impact than they would individually. And we'll be featuring some of these new Horizon 2020 projects, so we'll have the opportunity to look at them. Are you, are you happy with what was selected? Can you give us an overview of what types of robotics projects are coming out in terms of the new wave? Right, right. Yes, yes. Uh, I think we have a very good coverage, both in terms of... Uh, the uh, content so from we have a project which are more scientific and those more applied so we go uh, along the chain but also in terms of coverage in topics uh, in uh, so we have project from agriculture uh, to search and rescue helping firefighters uh, in the manufacturing and uh, also in healthcare so so we we have those different uh, along those two axes we have a very good coverage and it's it's good to see this development in the various area can you tell us a little bit more about how the cooperation works between EU Robotics and the European Commission in terms of driving robotics projects? Okay, okay. Uh, actually, the uh, Spark, this uh, 
public-private partnership uh, between the stakeholders, the whole uh, European robotics community and the European Commission uh, so has been set and, and uh, it's, it's a real partnership where the community defines the strategy. So they have issued a strategic research agenda uh, with a very uh, high-level objective uh, an ambitious objective and uh, so with this this strategy the strategy is implemented by the commission so they they, uh, they give us a direction and priority and we implement them in our uh, research program uh, so we draft uh, the uh, the research program uh, based on these inputs and then we select the project and we monitor the project so the role of each of them is is quite clear one defines the strategy and we implement uh, the strategy in in funding the commission funds the project how important is it to go towards towards application now with Horizon 2020, maybe compared to FP7, for example? That's really the uh, expansion from uh, FP7 to H2020. We want to uh, build on what we've done in FP7 and and really uh, bring all these uh, all these results towards application, to, towards transferring this this whole knowledge. Uh, closer to, uh, to, to market and, and bring them to a, a real uh, implementation first in use cases. So now we are, one part of our program is dedicated to use cases and the idea in this project is really to transfer state-of-the-art research in use cases to really show the potential of robotics and eventually bring them to market. Can you tell us a little bit more about what a typical European project looks like? Because we have listeners from around the world. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. I think the richness of our program is to have these consortia, uh, which, uh, it, because of the nature of, of robotics, which is really integration, and uh, the opportunity to bring consortia, uh, to build consortia, really to uh, answers to the need of the problem they want to address. So they bring the uh, different partners, the best partner in Europe with the different skills they need to integrate uh, to achieve the, uh, the goal of the project. So our project is only based on consortia. The minimum is to have three different uh, uh, members from three different uh, member states or associated states associated to our program. Uh, and uh, so that's a minimum requirement because uh, we do not substitute the national program. So this is at European level and this is the richness to bring those different skills together. They have the opportunity to really select in Europe the best skills to uh, to. to to joint forces. In terms of the projects that are finishing up now, are there any that you want to highlight? I've seen these cyber legs, this, uh, you know, walking around with their exoskeleton, and I know there's others. Yeah, 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 yeah. So th this, uh, this is a very tangible uh, result of a project where you really see uh, really a, a project, something physical, uh, which really shows uh, how the technology can help people. So this one helps uh, amputee, but we also saw in that project uh, the potential for using in workers in, in daily life to, to really help physically a person in difficult uh, in difficult task, painful task. So we really see in, in these various projects actually um, 
when they come towards the end, they have demonstrator, they show how robotics can really help people. And uh, it was great to see along these days uh, more and more attention towards the needs of the users. And instead of willing to impose technology to the different markets, I feel that the community, the scientific and technology community, is more and more aware and willing to serve and to listen to the potential users. And uh, this will, I think, really help for the adoption of robotics. So one of the main aspects which was... uh, repeated all over this week, these three days, uh, was the uh, safety. Safety from a technology point of view, but also from a regulatory point of view. So this is something uh, which, uh, yeah, uh, the people uh, are more and more aware of, of this, this problem, and it's important to address for, for really the deployment in industry, in daily lives. In terms of going from research to market, there are a number of tools in your European toolbox, and we hear all these acronyms, RIF and ECORD. <laughs> Can you maybe tell us about this toolbox? Right. Uh, this is something we, we try to address uh, at the very first day we had a session where we uh, wanted to cover the whole um, spectrum of activity in the Commission related to robotics. So we invited projects which uh, do basic research. So this is part of the FET Future and Emerging Technology. Uh, So we selected a project as an example to explain us what uh, is expected from uh, this kind of project. Then we have our, I would say, standard robotics project. Uh, So one part of the program is really dedicated to robotics Uh, and so this is mainly uh, technology and innovation and then we also invited other projects addressing societal challenge. One part of our uh, program is about societal challenges. So there we see more the application of robotics in different uh, uh, applications addressing the society's problem today. And um, in addition to that, we have special instrument, for instance, dedicated to SMEs. So uh, to really help SMEs to uh, get into our program and help them uh, to test new ideas for their innovation. So uh, we tried also to uh, to bring them on board and explain how this uh, type of activity can be funded by, uh, by our programs. And how do you see the future of robotics in the European Commission? Oh, uh, there is so many things to do so uh, uh, yeah we need to find a way to optimize the resources and uh, one particular focus we have is to try to see how we can maximize uh, the different types of funding uh, to be more efficient so uh, better understand what's happening at regional, national and European level and and how we can uh, build synergies and uh, joint forces to uh, uh, really uh, address the problem uh, of robotics and uh, when you uh, mentioned the RIFs and the ECORD, so one of the uh, current activity we try uh, to promote is uh, this shared infrastructure where we would have some physical uh, spaces, laboratories shared uh, in the the community so that uh, different 
part of the value chain can come there and you build an ecosystem where you have on the one hand the researchers and then the uh, integrators, but also the users. And it's it's a wonderful tool to also uh, have a, a display of what robotics can do, what the technology can do. And uh, it's also a good way to, to attract not only users, company, uh, but also investors. So, so at regional level, it's very uh, important interesting for regional development, but also uh, one important thing is to try to network those different uh, hubs of excellence and uh, to, to really uh, have concrete uh, sharing of information, sharing of people, and see the evolution of, uh, promote the evolution of robotics. Yeah. Thanks, Cecile, for being here with us on Robots. Thank you. Have a good day. Hi, Uwe. Welcome to Robots. Hello. I'm Uwe Haas. I used to be the Secretary General of eRobotics, an association in Europe to bring together academic and industry people in robotics and to foster the development of robots to make sure um, robots uh, are accepted and also used to the benefit of the European economy and society. Can you explain a little bit how all these pieces fit together? We hear about EU Robotics, the European Commission, Spark. How, how does this all work? Well, the, the association EU Robotics was chosen by the European Commission as a partner, as a partner in a public-private partnership, which later was uh, uh, coined uh, Spark. <clears throat> so in the beginning... Um, a few years ago, um, public-private partnerships were um, decided by the European Commission as a new way um, to improve the uh, cooperation between the communities in different subjects of uh, economy, science, and research, and industry, sorry, um, to, and um, to have a much closer cooperation. Uh, you can imagine in the past, um, I mean, the European Commission has been um, had several framework programs until the 7th. So it's a long history of um, supporting research and development. Um, but it was always in a relationship between the Commission and invited experts. The Commission decided to um, have now the communities invited to give input to the programs which still are on the, in the responsibility of the European Commission. So the communities are asked to set up a legal entity. So that's why this association was created as a legal entity. And um, to have a contract with this legal entity between the Commission and the association. And then the association is asked to develop a roadmap, a European robotics roadmap, um, which is to help and support the Commission in setting up this, the funding program. So that's the, it's the, some sort of division of labor. Um, the the uh, association is organizing the road mapping, is, is also organizing input from external experts, and is suggesting the topics for calls, for proposals, which are then on the, in the responsibility of the European Commission. And the European Commission 
um, has made sure um, membership in the association is not of any benefit to proposers uh, when they submit a proposal. So it's an open uh, process, transparent, and um, that's why we also organize these events because the community is our main, well, let's say, main focus. It's the how to grow the community, and, you know, robotics is in so many different sectors of industry now, from agriculture to mining, from health to um, aerial um, observations. Um, so uh, robotics is um, enjoying um, a lot of uh, new ideas and uh, new possibilities also for our society and the economy. There are many, many examples. What does this roadmap look like? What, what does e-robotics think the European Commission should be funding? So the roadmap is actually um, first an initiative, was an initiative to set up some sort of an, I would say, ontology of robotics applications. Uh, then what, do we aim, what are we aiming at? Um, we are aiming at uh, certain abilities of robots. So what are these abilities? So, for example, um, features which um, have to do with perception or locomotion, also maybe with energy consumption. Um, and uh, so then the idea is to break down these objectives into targets uh, which uh, maybe have a priority. So we are looking at uh, under Horizon 2020 now for seven years. Uh, it's a seven-year funding program. And um, it's now the second call which has been issued. Um, we, are, we have been uh, suggesting um, priorities and uh, we are discussing now um, internally with, these, with, the, the, with the community um, so the targets for 2016 and 2017 and the Commission has already received the first draft. So we are expecting an agreement on um, the next calls by maybe um, end of the summer this year. It looks like from Framework 7 to Horizon 2020, there's a lot more involvement from industry. And you mentioned that, that is, yes. you do see the community growing, uh, growing massively. Is, is that really the, the goal, is to bring industry closer to research? Or? Well, um, when Horizon 2020 was conceived, um, a new word uh, was introduced, innovation. Innovation is one of the targets. It's the... Um, um, it's the um, recognition that uh, many, many uh, research uh, results exist which have not been picked up by industry. So we have to look at this valley of death, if you want, um, between um, the research results and industrial applications. And Horizon 2020 has a particular focus on that, especially robotics is uh, under the um, umbrella of leadership in industrial technologies. So um, this is a shift. However, um, it is explicitly said uh, research is needed because um, robotics has not the maturity yet um, in order to become uh, ubiquitous technology. However, we believe that this is um, now part of our process. The road mapping process is taking care of this innovation now. 
um, the road mapping process is also taking care of um, <clears throat> networking, uh, creating supply chains between um, maybe component producers and end users. So this long uh, supply chain or value chain, if you want, um, this is our these are additional goals which have not been the case in previous framework programs. Can you tell us something about the funding? So I was at IRAS and there was a governmental session and every country was uh, talking about their funding and they were all very uh, admiring of, of Europe and bringing together this, this private and public uh, Well, entity. it was uh, from the beginning um, the commission dedicated 700 million euro um, Sorry, 700 million euro, yes, um, to, um, to Spark. And uh, the commitment of industry was three times as much, uh, 2.1, um, which mainly is developments outside the funded programs. So, uh, for example, the Commission does not subsidize the final stages before a project, a, a, um, products uh, are created. So that's um, to be done by the um, industry, but it is counted uh, within this 2.1 billion. How, how long have you been with e-robotics? Well, almost since the beginning, uh, for two years now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, how has I, it how has it evolved from the start till now? Uh, it's a dramatic uh, increase, in, uh, not only in in numbers, it's uh, in quality. It's. Uh, Amazing to see how the borders between academic and uh, industrial interests have disappeared. Um, for example, this um, forum, ERF, used to be uh, divided into three parts. The first day was strictly academic, the second day was mixed already between academic and industry, and the third day was usually strictly industry. Uh, in industry, and now you don't see the difference anymore. It's uh, if we, if you look at the work of topic groups, um, you don't see the difference between academic and industry people. It's one of the great success stories uh, of our community um, to have uh, um, somewhat dissipated the borderlines between these um, groups, and uh, now we have also end users large, uh, sometimes large multinational companies um, interested in robotics, picking up robotics. And um, now this um, community is even growing uh, because we now have, um, um, and I, th I guess many researchers are really happy to see how we help in uh, organizing and helping to uh, support the creation of, um, of consortia, of uh, groups, of um, organizations which submit proposals and get funded by the European Commission. And I guess that's all the purpose of the Commission. We are basically fully in line with the strategic goals of Horizon 2020. Any other concrete success stories that you want to highlight in these two years? Um, I think it's the, the success story is really uh, that these, uh, the community is willing uh, to participate in this road mapping process. This is the very first success story. The second success story is to be recognized by many public um, institutions, uh, national governments, but also regional uh, governments, regional agencies. Um, we have um, been invited and we have discovered um, robotics is a possibility to develop regional um, wealth, regional, to support the regional uh, economy 
and uh, maybe also have some um, maybe some solutions for um, situations where the economy is not in a good shape. Uh, unemployment is very high in some European regions, and this is because uh, industry has disappeared, maybe textile, uh, shoe industry has disappeared. And um, by talking to some of these um, regional uh, agencies and uh, representatives, it seems that there's a lot of interest to uh, to rescue some of these so-called old industries um, and um, just introduce robotics. We have heard this yesterday. A lot of um, uh, confirmations of this um, observation that uh, robotics is helping to reshore uh, industry which has gone or which we have lost to Asian locations now back to Europe. Uh, and there is a good example is the uh, shoe industry, um, where the shoe industry is now really interested in introducing robotics, maybe um, have shoes produced for custom-tailored custom shoes fit for the feet of customers. Um, but um, uh, this is a chance to rescue at least... Um, some parts of the old industries, and this is uh, motivating a lot of um, regional authorities uh, to go ahead with robotics and, and and see what the potential is for local industry, from agriculture, textile, even to mining. I mean, we are now having a topic group mining. Uh, it's a it's a it's a very interesting situation. The reshoring argument was brought up during the robots and job debate yesterday. Uh, what can we communicate to the general public in terms of, of how robots will work with us in our daily life? Well, uh, first of all, uh, robots, um, uh, nowadays we are talking about robots which uh, uh, work together with humans, human workers, uh, maybe with patients. Uh, so um, this is the, I think, this is the development for the last five or even ten years is to have these uh, robots uh, working closely together with humans in a variety of applications. Um, the second thing is that robots um, are sometimes uh, not um, recognizable as robots because we, uh, many people still do, uh, think robotics is something where a humanoid, a human-like uh, robot uh, has to be uh, the product. This is not the case. Uh, for example, agricultural robots are completely different from humanoid. I think that is the strength of the European uh, robotics uh, scene. Is when we uh, think about uh, Japanese robots, we may think of humanoid robots. When we think of American robots, we think of military robots, very strong and very powerful. And when we think of European uh, robots, it's this, this variety which the continent, the European continent also um, seems to reflect. It's the uh, interdisciplinarity which is very strong in Europe, but it is also the variety of applications from agriculture to mining, from health to rehabilitation. Um, this is, I think, this is the dynamic scene in Europe, which uh, I know uh, from some Japanese visitors are envied uh, by them.
Was it challenging to get the research to do things that were a little bit more applied? I remember Frameworks had a, 7 had a lot of, of blue sky projects, and that's something as a young researcher that I, I kind of envy, because those are, those are projects that are quite fun to pursue. Uh, do, do you feel a pushback at all? Well, yes, of course, there was this. Uh, in the beginning, uh, we, had, uh, we had observed, uh, um, let's say, skepticism, uh, and maybe antagonism in the worst case uh, to have now industrial people uh, on the other side um, it is uh, there are many success stories now where um, the from the application uh, challenges to research have been brought one example is in agricultural robots you need robots which are um, all weather um, working robots and um, uh, so the challenge is to have, for example, computer vision systems which work uh, also in rain and maybe even in snow. Um, so then the question is uh, to the researchers, can you deliver computer vision systems uh, which are all weatherproof? And then it's a challenge for the researchers to improve their algorithms or um, their uh, solution paths um, that this is the case and I think that has been understood now and this is the same for locomotion this is the same for grasping uh, these are all very challenging um, uh, pieces of research and uh, targets of research where um, many people think this is pr quite easy but because the human is, uh, um, has no problems with that but uh, uh, robot, when we think about it, it's quite challenging to have the simplest grasping tasks and uh, move motion grass uh, and, and, and path planning uh, tasks uh, introduced into a technical system. A word about the future. We saw the Horizon 2020 projects that were just recently funded. Is that what you had imagined when you, you designed your roadmap? Is the pipeline working? Well, um, I think the, uh, in theory, uh, the strategy was there uh, three years ago. Uh, and we also anticipated the growth of robotics worldwide. And uh, many, many studies have been printed and issued uh, before on the growth of robotics. But we were all waiting for the beginning of this growth. We were skeptical at some point. And um, when I think back, two or three years ago, when we were working on this ap application for the public-private partnership, um, we did not, um, we could not um, um, forecast and predict uh, this, uh, that this is actually getting now into reality. Um, I think this is the greatest success story also for me because I was part of seeing how this community is developing dynamics which are almost self-fulfilling or self-propelling um, into um, a success story. In terms of, so you're passing on the, the leadership of EU Robotics. Uh, what do you hope for the future? Well, my personal uh, hope is that uh, I can uh, still, and I have mentioned this several times, offer my, um, my services to the community. And I think this is the greatest uh, experience uh, I have had, is the community and how to see how um, they respond and how they 
um, also respond to my um, participation in uh, in the networking, in um, finding partners, uh, logistics partner need, uh, for example, technology and uh, research results for grasping. So I can help in identifying uh, suitable partners. Um, I have noticed that uh, because I um, may, may have some background in some areas, I can help, and this is what I offer. And I think uh, I also uh, know a little bit how challenging this field is. So uh, we have to be careful in not um, over-expecting or expecting too much because this is what I know from artificial intelligence. We had um, believed this would be coming in within, I don't know, five or ten years, and it took much longer, and politicians got sick of that very often. You know, they have spent I don't know how much money into speech recognition, and, and then they got sick, and this was not funded anymore. And how do you think the association itself will, will continue? The association um, will grow and flourish, I, I, I bet. Uh, and this is, um, uh, we will uh, make, we will accommodate also more interest from the end users um, in different industrial sectors. Um, we may have to, uh, it's absolutely clear, we become more, more professional. We have to become more professional. The association has to become more professional. We started with more or less amateurish uh, ideas. We were grown, or grown from um, original networks of excellence and uh, projects and so on, but now we are really on the way to a, a very important and I think with a lot of responsibility. We have a lot of responsibility. And this means we, we need to, this, this conference for example, this annual conference, ERF, this will be growing and we will have uh, additional workshops and networks, and we need to get all, this, all these results together. Thank you for being here with us on Robots. Thank you very much. And that's it for today. As always, you can access more information about this and all our past episodes online at robotspodcast.com. And for news, debates, and feature articles on robotics, visit robohub.org. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Europe with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.